shut the fuck up and stop smelling your own farts. Radio Drome. Welcome to another episode of Radio Drome. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Peter, not kind of Serbian, not kind of Canadian, Gajic. No, I'm definitely Serbian, because that's where I was born. I was born in Serbia, and I have uh, two two Serbian parents, so definitely a Serbian that is uh, living in Canada. If you guys want to have a little bit of fun, go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, D-R-O-M-E, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free power O-ring, and free U.S. shipping. Just use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. So it's going to be Peter and I here tonight. A couple of months ago, we did that whole Defend Your Movies set of episodes where movies that we loved that everyone else seemed to hate we're going to do the opposite tonight. It's not going to be so much of an attack, but I want to look at movies that are considered amazing or so beloved by the populace that for whatever reason we can't get into. Now, I want to I want to put this out there as a preface. If you like these movies, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Our opinion should not should not force you to go, "Oh, maybe this isn't a good movie" or get mad at us for not liking it. What we're going to talk about are just movies we didn't like, but everyone else seems to, and we'll go into some of the reasons for those. So, if you like these movies, fine. Like them. There's nothing wrong with that. But Peter, if you had to pick one movie that you just don't understand the popularity of what would it be. And before you answer, let's throw out the criteria that I'm not talking about how the Grown Ups movies or the Medea movies or the Transformers movies are stupid but loved by the populace. I mean, movies that are genuinely loved but you just don't get. Uh, there's a couple examples. I think I'll start with Cabin Fever because that was one of my first experiences really arguing with people over like re- like i really hated it and there were a bunch of people that were like horror fans like me that were really into it and i re- just really didn't understand people talking about how smart it was uh how cleverly written it was how scary it was all this crap and i didn't buy it because i i just sat through the whole movie frustrated i thought every character was a dickhead without needing to be uh i thought the premise was really stupid and i i really didn't like eli roth as a director or a filmmaker at all or a writer like this was my introduction to him and all the all the magazines were saying you know this is uh a, a real rejuvenate rejuvenizing horror and all this stuff and i couldn't stand the the film whatsoever i thought the dialogue was terrible the pacing was even worse and it's it's a movie that i i don't understand why why people love it and it's uh, it's unfortunate that we don't have a uh, Cecil with us on the show because that, that would have been a nice uh, nice little argument there between him and I because um haha but I am here <laughs> son of a bitch he snuck up on me I can't believe like I mean me and you have a lot of the same tastes in movies we like a lot of uh we like a lot of what uh we can well what we consider good that a lot of other people consider garbage don't understand how I mean I guess it's, you know, somewhere along the lines, you know, things get crossed and you just, you know, there's stuff that you don't like for whatever reason, but I just Pancakes. can't fathom. Pancakes. Pan- right! Pancakes! <laughs> I mean, the whole, the whole movie, it's such a like, subversion of the whole stupid teens do stupid things in the woods it's like not one of them dies from the virus they all die from other things happening to them and i really enjoyed it like i remember uh when i saw it in a theater went in kind of expecting uh in more of a slasher movie and ended up with something that uh you know made you think a little bit now granted on the surface it does appear very stupid with you know their party and the guy gets a finger stuck up his ass pancake scene but it really has like a uh, a, a level of weirdness to it and it's it's a movie I've seen a, a bunch of times, and uh, I always come back to it with something like a different take, something that I didn't quite notice before. Hey, man, it's fine that you don't like it. I mean, I don't, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, I really don't care. 
it sucks because I really think that uh, it's such an enjoyable movie that uh, has so much going for it, and it's such a bummer that uh, you don't like it. But that's you know that's cool. I mean, and and seriously, I know I I wouldn't say that I'm in the minority, but I know that there are I I would say there's probably about as many people that dislike it as there are people that do like it. I mean, there's other movies where it's just completely lopsided, where you know the mm. mass amounts of people love it, and then you know somebody else like hates it or vice versa it, it's got a big enough following i'd say to to be considered sort of a, a classic in its own right i'm on peter's side here the movie sucks no you suck <laughs> only for money hey twenty dollars is twenty dollars all right cecil then what's what's a movie that you just do not understand why so many people love yeah like with something like paul blart or a lot of the other just really brainless movies that come out it, it, like they're always going to have an audience of people that are going to go see it you're not going to have the passion behind it like some other movies a movie that i saw when it was at like the height of its popularity and it wasn't a matter of you know i'm being too cool for the room i just genuinely thought that it was an, like a mediocre at best movie was the hangover I do not get how that was just heralded as this return to form, as this brilliant, new, hilarious movie. That, highest uh, yeah, highest grossing R-rated comedy of all time until Deadpool came along. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. Every joke you see coming a mile away, uh, Zach Galifianakis isn't funny. And, I mean, the thing is, uh, with the exception of Zach Galifianakis, there are a few people in the movie who I do find funny. But uh, in this, they weren't funny. Oh, God, who's the, the, the Asian guy in this whose name I'm totally forgetting? But he was in Role Models, and he was hilarious in Role Models. A movie that bombed, that was a very funny movie. And meanwhile, The Hangover gets all this attention, and I thought it was one of the most mediocre. I think I laughed once, but every joke you saw coming, it was all set up, set up jokes, set up, set I, I've said this before, where it's like, hey, there's a tiger in the bathroom. What do you mean there's a tiger in the bathroom? Somebody goes in, oh, there's a tiger in the bathroom. Like, it's it's not funny. It was just, it was so hacked and just really awful. I, like, I just, I hated it. I couldn't wait for it to be over, simply because it just kept going. And then when they finally went over the whole thing, it was like, it just felt like, it just felt like it was a movie that was just filleting itself. I really, really don't understand why so many people were just in love with this movie. Now, in a way, I've kind of been vindicated because Hangover 2 came out and it was pretty much the same movie. And then Hangover 3 came out and Hangover 3 did really badly. And so it Hangover 2 and 3, even though 2 did well and then 3 didn't do so well, it did kind of tarnish it a little bit. So there have been people that have come out since then that are like, you know, this movie is really not all that great. But when it was fresh out, there were people that were just praising it as the greatest new funny thing. And I just could not stand it. I'm on I'm on your side for this one. I saw that I didn't see this one till video, and everyone was telling me, even my wife at the time, my son, everybody, how fucking funny it was. I rented it, I watched it, and I'm like, did you see a different movie than I did? Because the one I saw was predictable, boring, over the top, and not funny. If you guys uh, are talking about how underwhelming it is, I have to agree. I think Hangover is really overrated as a film. It's just kind of dick jokes, the movie. I, I found it, I found some scenes mildly funny, but Zach Galifianakis gets so grating after a certain point, kind of punch his character out, and that's probably the one good scene is when he gets knocked the f*** out by Mike Tyson. Just every time he opens his mouth, it's like, oh, would you shut up? Really irritating, douchey, should-have-been-victims-in-slasher-movies characters. I actually look at it as, you guys realize they made this movie back in the 90s, and it was much better when it was called Very Bad Things, right? <laughs> I actually like, I mean, Very Bad Things, I think, is is pretty good, but I liked Stag, which was the um, more serious version of the same movie. Actors that you, not as, you know, I mean, Very Bad Things got the higher tier of actors at the time. I mean, And now, some of the darkest, some of the darkest freaking humor I've ever encountered, too. Yeah, mm. I mean, but um, Stag actually was more of, like, the it was the same thing, just the horror movie. I'm not sure which one got greenlit first, but I know that Stag went direct to video, whereas uh, Very Bad Things went to uh, the theater. They're not, a lot of people don't like that kind of dark humor, and that's pretty freaking dark. It's, especially that ending is, wow, that definitely, I, 
I can't believe the studio let them put that ending on the film. Yeah, I think they We're must We're loving have... too many movies right now. we got to go back to that. Oh, we got to be True, all right. got to get back to the... Okay, so one of my picks... I saw this, I saw this movie in the theater. I saw the first sequel in the theater. I've seen it maybe a dozen more times over the years. Everyone loves Back to the Future but me. I don't get it. If you like Back to the Future, fine, like the movie. I don't find it endearing. I don't find it funny. I don't find it quirky. I don't find it original. I cannot get into this film. And I keep seeing every person I encounter going, one of the best, most funny science fiction movies ever. I didn't like it when I was 10. That's when it came out. I didn't like it when I was 15. I didn't like it when I was 20. I didn't, I don't like this movie. I don't get the appeal of Back to the Future. I just don't. Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Sound about as stupid as a screen door on a battleship right now. Don't like Back to the Future. They're incredibly... Every movie is entertaining. Every every movie in that franchise is such a such a fun movie, and the the character of Marnie McFly is endearing and and cool. And Doc Brown is great, and Biff is such an awesome villain. You know, Crispin Glover is is hilarious as as his dad and stuff like that. Like I I don't know. It's it's one of those movies that I I feel like is is beloved for a reason. It's it really is that that damn good. And I I don't get why you don't like it. That's very strange to me. I'm the same way, man. I love Back to the Future. I've loved it ever since I first saw it. It's clever. It's funny. Michael J. Fox is just so charming as uh, as Marty McFly. The humor is on point. There's little things here. You know, the, the whole Calvin thing where, you know, his, his mom looked at his underwear and she's trying to, like, have sex with him. And, and like, just <laughs> really awkward, uh, just weirdo things that go on. It's just such... A, like, fun movie. Like, I can't see... Like, there are certain movies where you sit down and you watch it and you don't feel anything like that. You just sit down and, like, if you're in a bad mood, you just you just can't be in a bad mood anymore. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the soundtrack with Huey Lewis is so, like, upbeat and, ah, it just puts you in a good mood. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I love uh, the Back to Future 1 and Back to Future 2. I adore. 3, I have my problems with. But uh, still, as far as the first one goes, it's just it's a, just a good movie. And it very much deserves all of the praise that it gets. So I think in this case, I think you're just being a, a grump. Was it Scott Pilgrim versus the World or whatever it was? Oh, like, my uh, God. What a name. chore that movie was to get through. God. Um, when that one came out, I remember pretty much everybody in my friend circle adored it. Like they loved it. They thought it was so clever with all of its like video game re- references and how sort of uh, nihilistic uh, Scott Pilgrim is as a character, his whole thing with, uh, with the girl and the, the ex-boyfriends. And I hated it so much. And it was because of all of the, the like unneeded video, like the P meter and all this stupid crap. And I couldn't stand the, the attitude of, of the Scott Pilgrim character. Uh, I didn't buy him as an underdog. So the characterizations were terrible. Uh, I, I hate the idea that he likes this girl simply because she has, like, purple hair or something. Like, it was just irritating. And the reason why I, I don't buy him as an underdog, look, look at a... Uh, the good examples of underdog movies are characters that are usually, like, they're smaller in stature to a degree, and they take a lot of punishment, and then they come out, you know, the victor in the end, or at least, like, really show that they've had a lot of heart. Examples of this are Rocky, Die Hard, uh, movies like that, where by the end of the film, the hero is battered and bruised, but his spirit isn't broken. He's still triumphs in a way either you know physically or metaphorically or or whatever whereas in scott pilgrim the guy's getting like punched through buildings and he doesn't have so much as a fucking black eye it's it's an incredibly irritating proto hipster douche movie and i i can't stand it and i don't know why people like it i think it's quite possibly it's also it's also an incredibly sexist movie I mean, literally, this movie is feminism? What is feminism? You have to fight for your girl. She'll only be with you if you're strong and got a hunter instinct. And I mean, it's a sexist movie, and I found it to be a pseudo-clever movie. Like all those video game references you hated so much, you just knew Edgar Wright was sitting in the back going, Oh my god, I am so clever. 
I, the movie I annoyed the yeah, piss really out of me. I'm on, that, I'm on. That kind of thing. Like you could picture the director just, he's just, or not the director, the writer just like jerking while he's writing it. Like, oh, this is going to be so funny. It's the worst comic book movie of all time. And I know it's, it's based on a comic that I equally don't like at all either. I think the comic sucks and the movie sucks. I don't understand why people like it. I really don't. Like, I, and it's not even for the, the, the reason you actually brought up is a good point. The whole having to fight for your woman thing. Like, it is kind of sexist to that degree, but everything is, there's just nothing interesting about it. Like, his reason for wanting to be with her is stupid. Fight scenes are stupid. The fact that he takes no damage is stupid. Like, I mean, if you're making the video game references, one of the most obvious ones you can make is, is Mike Tyson's punch out. Little Mac, the further you go in a fight, his his eye swells up. He takes damage, and he's a small little character from an NES game. Like, how are you making video game references the entire way through and f*** that one up? Like, that's... God damn that movie. I, I think the arrogance of that movie is only equaled by Cabin in the Woods with Joss Whedon's, oh my god, I am so clever. And I, I hate Cabin in the Woods just as much because it thinks it's clever when it's actually not. Before I go into Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim I'll just briefly mention, uh, I think I put out a 10-minute video uh, about Cabin in the Woods that completely... 10 minutes of you being wrong, yes. 10 minutes of me being incredibly right. That uh, 10 minutes of him being very right. Cabin in the Woods yes. is awesome. Shut up, Josh. Yeah, you're you're completely wrong on that aspect but anyway um as far as uh, scott pilgrim that's one i can i can understand people not liking it i personally absolutely love it i had read the the comics and uh not all of them but enough and i thought that they did a very good job of translating it to uh to the screen and the thing is proving how much i enjoy the movie i don't like michael Sarah one bit i think that he is a, t- a tremendously one-noted character and in this it, it it worked like they somehow gave him likability, which I didn't think was possible. And uh, the whole self-depreciating kind of little worminess to him, it I don't know, it, it translated well and it just worked. I liked the video game references. I thought that they were funny. And uh, as far as like the unrealistic aspects of it, the whole movie is supposed to be unrealistic. I mean, that's why he's not really taking damage. I mean, he would have been dead if that was the case. Yeah, I like but the- even like unrealistic things still show damage i mean but like in scott pilgrim he's being thrown through walls and the walls are falling down and he just dusts himself off it's yeah, like it's okay stupid like even yeah like there are tons of ridiculous things dragon ball z is one of the most retarded things on the face of the earth but <laughs> they still get bruised as, as all shit when they're fighting and stuff whereas scott pilgrim he's this wormy little shit you're, you're telling me he's not going to get a black eye from getting punched through a building by Chris fucking Evans? Just because it's doing video game references doesn't mean that, like, I don't know. I, I like seeing a, a hero's journey kind of thing. And when it's an underdog and he's not really actually taking that much damage and there's nothing to really worry about, I, I don't care. Like, I, I think that's that's one of the biggest reasons why I just don't like it. You, you never feel like he's ever in any actual danger. Like, it's one of the worst examples of, of an underdog story to me, which is, that's that's why, one of the biggest reasons why I don't like it. supposed to be, like, cartoonish, and it's not, it's not meant to be really taken, like, that seriously. I don't know. I I personally really like, it was one of my favorite movies of that year. This kind of goes, as, as I've said in a recent video, uh, where I was talking about how I'm really rough with comedies, I hated Superbad. Super oh bad. Super bad is so. It, it's 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 its own critic. It's super bad. <laughs> it like it started off all right. Like I kind of thought it was funny. Was going along, and I'm like, all right, this could be good. I I was laughing a little bit, but then they get to the party, and it stops being funny for the next hour. Like I like, and they just were doing things that were stupid, that weren't funny. Oh, he got period blood on his jeans. Everybody is period blood gene guy. And and then he he puts all the booze in detergent containers, and everyone drinks it, and then they all got blue all over them. It wasn't funny. Like the the only McLovin, thing, that's well, the, not funny. Well, the McLovin thing unfortunately was driven into the ground. Like it was funny. Yeah. In and of itself, like at the time, at the context, it's like, oh, you know, here's this guy and he got, uh, he got this, uh, fake ID and it says McLovin. Oh, it's a really- No, no, no. Summer they... School, no, the, the movie, the 1987 movie Summer School had a much funnier fake ID scene. You were a black marine in 1972? War changes <laughs> you, man. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm not, like, yeah, I mean, Summer School is a way better movie. 
I, I don't – we were talking about it earlier. I don't like Jonah Hill. I mean, it's got Michael Sarah, who – he wasn't really the, the worst part of it. Like, the, the script I really thought was the worst part of it. I just didn't find it funny. Didn't like any of the characters particularly. I mean, the, Jonah Hill is, is going to land Emma Stone on what planet – you know, uh, <laughs> Seth Rogen again. Oh, he's the cop that, uh, he just did not like it at all. I really, really, really hated it. See, I, I'll agree with you, but I don't get a lot of these modern teen movies like American Pie and all these. I watched American Pie the same as I watched Superbad. Everyone told me how great it was and I watched it and went, you saw a different film than I did. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, uh-huh. maybe I've, I've gotten too old, but the modern Teen, you know, drinking comedies really don't touch me at all the way they used to. I can look at the 80s ones where James Spader is always the villain and stuff. Those are good. I cannot get into the American Pie movies or the Judd Apatow flicks. They're just not funny to me. I would not even put, like, the American Pie movies are very much like modern day porkies. Like, I think they're, like, they're the Without being half as clever. Sex comedies. They're funny. I would not put them anywhere near the Judd Apatow piles of garbage his stuff he did 40 year old virgin which is funny and i'll give him that i think it's a very funny yeah, movie i i actually judd apatow is weird because like he's very hit and miss like he'll make something that's genuinely pretty hilarious and then he'll put out super bad and yeah i, I don't think i've liked a movie that he's done since and i mean he didn't yeah. direct super bad he uh he produced it knocked up was terrible uh this is 40 was terrible pineapple express was mediocre felt like i i have i've got a i've got a weird thing for leslie mann other than that Judd apatow movies can fuck off <laughs> I, I just i think Les, leslie mann i don't know why cuz she always plays such a ball busting dyke maybe that falls into my castrating bitch fetish or something i don't know <laughs> you know what man I agree with you guys i i probably hate it more than anything just because of all the because of the mclovin thing like that was funny for like two seconds and then so i was uh, i was in high school at the time when that came out and just the first day you come in after that movie's release and everybody has seen it it's just mclovin jokes all day long like it got so old so fast and the movie movie was not nearly good enough to to warrant that kind of you know memeage it was so just irritating. Everybody making the same stupid, stupid jokes. Seth Rogen wrote it. I have this theory, and uh, it's it's something I I first noticed thinking back to Superbad and comparing Seth Rogen to other characters you would see in movies. He has a scene in every single film he's ever done where he berates his co-star to some degree, or belittles them, or lords over them in some way. And Superbad features this. There's the, you caught blocked McLovin thing. And it's like, does that in every movie. He scolds Paul Rudd. He scolds Cato in, in uh, Green uh, Green Hornet. He scolds Adam Sandler at some point in their, uh, that, that funny people movie. And just thinking back to that makes me hate uh, Superbad even more because it was the spawning, I'm, I'm a stoner, but I might be a stoner loser, but you're a piece of shit. Uh, Seth Rogen lords over his uh, co-star phase, which is in, I swear to God, every every single Seth Rogen movie features this. And now that you say that he, he wrote it or at least co-wrote it, I think that's his contribution to every film is he, he asks the director or whatever, oh, yeah, can there be a scene where, like, I really show that I'm, I'm not actually this piece of shit and that I'm very noble and, like, I, I ream out my, my co-star and it just makes me hate him all the more. And now I kind of know uh, why that might be the case. I think he writes that into every movie he's in. I'm going to go with Boondock Saints. Oh, my God, do I hate those films. I really wanted to love um, both of them. When I first watched Boondock Saints, I was a bit tuned out. I think I I think I was like six Budweisers in by the time I started the movie, and I was enjoying certain aspects of it. I was also talking to people at the same time, but I think all I remembered was that there were dudes in trench coats and they shot people. I didn't really pay much attention to the dialogue, and then I watched it again uh, a week later. So I was like, I kind of remember sort of liking this movie, but I was a bit drunk and I uh, didn't really hear any of what the characters had to say. So let's give this another shot, and I hated it. Boondock Saints is like a Quentin Tarantino wet dream come to life. Oh my god, it was, the dialogue was cringeworthy in that movie. It's 
what did we say about uh, it was one of the one of the first movies we talked about that we brought up like the di- the dialogue where it's written where they they really think what they're saying is so witty and you know the characters are always making the little snappy comebacks and it's sort of obviously very much trying to be that sort of Quentin Tarantino having conversations about nothing but it can still be interesting whereas in this case oh my god the verbal diarrhea of of both of the main characters and how clever and funny and badass they're constantly trying to be and it just gets it's grating the way the the action scenes are shot and it's trying to have this like slick almost uh like a guy Ritchie kind of thing where it's like he's got some of the you know he's spinning upside down and shooting them in slow motion and all this stuff and it's just the, the whole movie just feels like a writer's wank fest like what i'm writing and putting down on paper is so badass and it's gonna be so cool and it ended up being the one of the stupidest fucking movies i've ever seen in my life i can't stand boondock saints i'll back you up on that one i don't get the love for that movie i never saw the sequel i don't get the love for that movie i just sequel's don't. even worse sequel is I, like everything that was uh kind of bad about the first one is jacked up to 11 about 15 in the second one See, I, I, I always found the first Boondock Saints to be what I call a pseudo-clever movie. Yeah. They really think they're clever, but they're not. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it's written. Like, the, the, the characters are written all, like, smug, and they think they're, you know, they got that dry wit and all that shit, but it's just, it's, it's written, it feels like it was written by a 14-year-old edgelord. You know, uh, I, I've only ever seen it once. I remember enjoying it, but I, I don't really remember it well enough to defend or to go one way or the other. So mm. I'm just I'm gonna uh, take a t- take a knee on this one. I don't I don't <laughs> remember. I'm gonna my next one is not necessarily a movie, but it's a filmmaker and his entire filmography, and that is Christopher Nolan. I have not liked mm. a single Christopher Nolan film yet. I thought Interstellar was. Pre- I didn't. I don't like any of the Batman movies. I thought Interstellar was pretentious crap. Inception was another pseudo-clever movie that is just a patchwork of elements from about a dozen different sci-fi films all thrown together. Oh, look! Originality! Uh, Inception was ruined for me uh, a lot of the same way that Superbad was because people would praise it endlessly and talk about how intelligent it was and all this stuff. And then I, I started to hate it after that because... It, it didn't, like, it was a good action movie, and the premise was interesting, but it, it was far from, like, super smart or anything. I, I just, I don't like everything Christopher Nolan touches screams pretension. Now, people say, oh, you use the word pretension too much. No, Christopher Nolan embodies pretension on, an, on a blockbuster level the way Terrence Malick embodies pretension on an art house level. I think Christopher Nolan is a Terrence Malick of the blockbuster scene. And he really thinks his stuff is fantastic. You hear him talk about his movies. He thinks he has made transcendent films that have broken the mold of what film can truly be. Dude, in Interstellar, the power of love is the most powerful thing in the universe in a movie that's otherwise science-based. Shut the fuck up and stop smelling your own farts. But that's the power of love. I like his stuff for the most part. Um, I thought Memento is probably his best work. I really think that that was a very smart, unique movie. Um, I, hmm. I mean, it's, it had to be a bitch to be able to orchestrate that whole thing together to tell the whole thing backwards. It just, it was very clever and I loved it. I thought that was a really good movie. As far as his other stuff, um, The Dark Knight, I think that, uh, Heath Ledger was a very good Joker. Unfortunately, the movie was about a half hour too long. And, and the script was horrible. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like how Batman versus Superman was initially, when I saw the theatrical cut, it was long. And then, uh, when they did the un, the ultimate cut, it, like, it put in all the missing pieces, and then the movie flowed better, and it felt right. It was like, no, this was just long. Okay. So I thought like, that Batman Begins, of the three Batman movies, was act- or of the three Nolan Batman movies, I actually like Batman Begins the best. I think it flows the best. That's my favorite one, too. I actually, because yeah. I enjoyed seeing, uh, it, it was the first time we actually got to see him, besides, like, you know, reading Year One or something, uh, you get to see Batman actually training to become Batman in sort of the early stages of his vigilante stuff. I actually thought that was, uh, that was really cool. It brought something, 
uh, different to the table. But, like, with The Dark Knight, everyone was praising it as, like, at the time, the best comic book movie ever made. And I'm like, did you guys actually pay attention to the script? This movie is really, really poorly written. It falls into the traps that Nolan falls into in all of his scripts, where he takes convenient shortcuts. In The Dark Knight, how do you make Batman a badass through other people's actions. You make everyone else an incompetent moron. Gotham has the most incompetent police force of all time, again and again and again and again in the same movie. So by default, Batman has to be badass, because he's surrounded by morons. He's surrounded by the three stooges (laughs) in blue uniforms, again and again. I mean, seriously, in that movie, when I was watching it, I'm like, oh, come on, the cops can't be this stupid. Yep, they fell for it again. Oh, the cops can't be this. Yep, they fell for it again. Because that's the only way he could make Batman interesting in that was to make him smarter than the stupid people. That's bad script writing. He does that in Interstellar. He does that in Inception. He does that in the Batman. His thing is about, I make my good guy a badass by making everyone else an incompetent shithead. So I just, I really do not like Christopher Nolan movies. I've not seen one that has not pissed me off. And his involvement in the Westworld series, I'm only three episodes in, screams of, even before I knew he was involved in that. I watched the first two episodes before I went and paid attention to the credits to see that he was a producer. I'm like, yep, that explains the pseudo-pretension of this thing. It's like, yeah, his fingerprints were all over it even before I knew he was involved. I really hate Christopher Nolan. Really hate his work. Hey, yes, we're going to go back to comedy again. Good old 2005 pile of feces, Wedding Crashers. Oh, thank you. Take... Oh, what a... What garbage. What garbage. <laughs> Take two people who I already don't like, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn... <laughs> and, and who have put... no chemistry on screen together. Zero chemistry together. And they're just going to go to weddings and bang, you know, uh, girls that are sad because they're not getting married. And, oh my god, just not funny. Everything was irritating. Uh, they were completely unlikable. They were hateable. Uh, I was watching it with uh, uh, my you know, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, but we're watching it, and she's just like, oh, die, both of you. <laughs> I think she may have hated it more than I did. It just stinks. It, well, it was... she, she definitely has, I think, uh, even more reason to hate it just because it's a movie that totally glorifies, like, fuckboy culture. Oh, yeah. it absolutely does. Yeah, it, it 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 it's a very misogynistic movie. Oh yeah, I usually never touch that word with like a with a ten foot pole, but that is a totally misogynistic film. Yeah, this was a film made for guys who want to feel better about the fact that they can't get girls. Hey, here's here's uh Vince Vaughn, who's this like uh, goblin looking dude, and here's a uh, you know <laughs> me- messed up nose Owen Wilson, who always he talks so he has to close his mouth a little bit, and like just <laughs> two unlikable asshats, and somehow they're like the scourge of the wedding scene. They they put on a five dollar suit and they go and they they bang like all of these disappointed drunk girls. And that, and they're our heroes. And they're they're the heroes. Like I'm, like believe me, dude. I like a lot of movies with unlikely heroes and unlikable heroes. Movies like Paycheck, or I'm sorry, Payback, where like everybody's bad, but like you still end up really liking them. But this, they sucked. They're not funny. They're uh, like it it just was a waste of a lot of money. And uh, there were people in this too that I did like. I like Rachel McAdams. I love Christopher Walken. I mean, they had like some good people in it, uh, but it just was overshadowed by how terrible it was. I'm gonna go with one that I I don't hate it, but it was uh, it ended up being disappointing the more I thought about it. And it's a uh, it's a recent one. It's more of a a 2016 pick, and I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna explain why, uh, and I'm gonna also explain that I don't hate it. It's just something that uh, I, I feel like people need to look back at it and see that it's not as, uh, or at least to me, I feel like it's not as amazing as it was or could have been. And that's Deadpool. I really went into that movie wanting to love it because I mean I big fan of the comics, always have been, and I thought the all the marketing was 
beautifully done. Uh, Ryan Reynolds obviously has a, a huge boner for the character. And then upon walking out of the film, like, my brain was telling me, you love this, you totally love this. But then the, the more the more and more I thought about it, and the more and more uh, Charlotte and I would talk about it, just the whole way back home, uh, getting home and still talking about it, we ended up, like, bitching about it more than praising it. Like, there were these, it, it, it looked right, they got the costume right, they got the character kind of right, they got the backstory pretty much right. But in the execution, thinking about it, it ended up pissing me off because the whole movie, at least 80% of it, is a flashback. It's it's shot in this weird non-linear way where Deadpool is on his way to go fight a guy with a buzz cut at like uh, in like the warehouse district of town while you have the non-linear style of telling the story. Bugged me for some reason because I felt like what actually happens in the present of that film, it, it's far less interesting than the story we're actually being told. His motivation was f***ing stupid and the, the actual climax of the film pissed me off more than anything because Deadpool is meant to be this very gnarly looking character. The whole point is that he's, he's this unlovable, unfuckable guy because of his, you know, the whole cancer thing and the, uh, the healing factor that's given to him goes in reverse, uh, makes him worse, almost kills him and turns him into both a mentally and physically fractured guy. This movie ends with him getting the girl like it's some Hollywood action movie, which Deadpool is like as anti-establishment as it gets. That's one of the problems I had with it, too, Peter. It tries to be this movie that is breaking all the rules, and yet it tells a completely mundane, standard rom-com story in an action movie. It's a romantic comedy that's deadpool is a glorified romantic comedy with graphic violence in it i i hated it almost for the ending alone i hate it i hate the fact that he ends up like since when is deadpool this like happy relationship white picket fence guy he shouldn't even want to be alive with how with how awful his life is and how awful his like love life is he, he can't catch a break with uh with girls or dates or anything but something keeps it keeps him going that being probably his psychosis so he's a very very flawed and and tragic character and that's that's a, the backbone of him as a character is that he still manages to to somehow keep somewhat of a positive outlook even though he lives in this dump you know he works as a mercenary he sits he sits around in his uh underpants watching golden girls and stuff like all these elements of of deadpool that i really loved as a character were not present in the movie whatsoever there were little elements here and there i think he's wearing like a b arthur shirt at some point the shitty apartment is there. He lives in this, like, crappy duplex with Al. Uh, that was there. But then you have the whole relationship thing, and and he's fighting to save his girl and, and all this stuff. It's like, really? This is the plot we're using for Deadpool. He's going to go rescue his girlfriend, and then she sees him at the end. She's like, oh, you know, after a couple beers, I won't care, and, and they make out. And it's just stupid. It's just I would have rather seen a movie about uh, uh, Colossus and mega teenage warhead or whatever because i actually found their characters to be way more fun and way more way better written than deadpool was in his own fucking movie like it was i don't know if you guys have had that experience where you feel like you feel like you should have enjoyed it and then by the time you get home you're like i kind of hated that and uh that's that's how i feel about uh about deadpool and it's kind of funny because i after after that i went into to batman versus superman with such low expectations and then that one ended up just genuinely surprising me like i still i, I think i've watched that one like six times at this point but deadpool was such a weird opposite to that where i was i was looking forward to it ever since the first like set photos i mean they, they filmed it in uh in vancouver maybe an hour from me in uh downtown mostly in like the yale town area uh i'd seen roads closed off you know i've uh, I was on my way, I think, to to work at the time, and I actually caught a glimpse of Ryan Reynolds in the, the Deadpool costume on the bridge. And there was a lot of excitement, people watching the movie get filmed, and there was so much happiness going into the theater and then bitterness walking out. And uh, I, I really feel like I'm in the minority because almost, almost everybody I know besides my girlfriend loves Deadpool, and I... I don't get it. I mean, I get it. It's, he's, a, he's a funny character. He's great. It's awesome that he finally got his own, you know, R-rated movie, and it, it does redeem what happened in uh, Wolverine Origins. But I feel like the movie we got is no more, nowhere near as great as it actually could have and should have been. I got your back on this one, brother, because I, I went to see this one. I, I saw it like two or three nights after it opened. Everyone was telling mm. me how amazing it was. My girlfriend just loved it, and I just was kind of like, eh. 
you know, the, the jokes are forced. The fourth wall breaking isn't nearly as clever as as it thinks it is. Or the, as it was the whole, in the, the comics. Well, like, there's well, not he, enough of Deadpool, like, actually talking to the voices in his head. A lot of the jokes just don't work. And then a few well, of yeah, the jokes like the whole, that I, like, you're, you're like an avocado that f***ed an uglier avocado and all this stuff. People yeah, were the, quoting the, the, that That's horribly work, not funny. Endlessly. Like, at my work, people were just, like, lambasting me with that quote. Like, just, just completely if, okay. pile-driving me with those crappy quotes that, like, like you're Peter. acting like this is funny. It's not. Peter, th- there's a weird... There's a weird give and take. If that same avocado joke was in a Larry the Cable Guy movie, it would have been booed. But because it was in a Deadpool movie, that somehow makes it funny. No, it doesn't. Yeah, because Deadpool says it, it's, like, hilarious. No, I I didn't hate this movie, but I definitely did not like this movie. My girlfriend liked it a lot more. It's more disappointing pointing to me than uh than hated like i don't hate it there were a lot of it i enjoyed for the most part but it's just little things that and i normally don't hate movies over that but just thinking about certain liberties they took like giving him a giving him a girlfriend was like he i don't mind if he's you know having a girlfriend as normal wade wilson but one of the whole points of deadpool as a character is that he is tragically single like that's the whole point is that he's Nobody likes being around him. Since when did the X-Men want him in the X-Men? He he constantly tries to join them, and they always reject him because, you know, he's too much of a loose cannon. Well, see, okay, when it came to the humor, this should just tell everybody just how disconnected I am from the mainstream. The few jokes I did laugh at were the ones the audience didn't get. Like when there was blood all over him and he went, Are you there, God? It's me, Martha. I laughed at that because I got that. It's it's a that's a period joke based on that Judy Bloom book about a girl getting her first period. (laughs) The theater was silent except for me. My girlfriend's like, What are you laughing at? I'm like, Oh my god, am I so disconnected that I'm the only one who got that fing joke? But, but I mean, how many people even know about that book? So that's why <laughs> that joke might have been so obscure. The, the Luddite hipster in me found it funny, maybe. <laughs> You're wrong. I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go into it. I, I mean, because I don't feel like getting into the, the dispute about it. Basically, I think that, uh, the, for what it was, not, well, that makes it sound like it's safe for what it was. No, I, really think that uh, they knocked it out of the park. I think that this, if Ryan Reynolds really didn't fight for it uh, as much as he did, we would have ended up with something that was much, oh, much yeah. worse. We're running out of time, so my last one is going to be a trilogy. I just don't get the Lord of the Rings movies. I really do not get the love for these movies. And I'm not talking about the Hobbit disasters. I mean, I saw Lord of the Rings and Two Towers in the theater, and I just did not understand why everyone was enjoying these but me. I remember I read the books when I was in high school back in the 80s. I remember watching the 70s Rankin-Bass movies and the the 70s Ralph Bakshi movie. And the Rankin-Bass ones I enjoyed quite a bit, even if Return of the King took a lot of liberties. I just couldn't get into these movies. I didn't like the cast, with the exception of Ego Mortensen. Didn't like the way these things were shot. I didn't like the look. I didn't like how how drug out these things were. I didn't like... I mean, to me, the, the directing mistakes really took me out of this film just left and right all the mistakes that they had that someone of peter jackson's talent should never have allowed in the final film i just don't get the lord of the rings movies these movies are so beloved i don't understand it i've seen all three of them i don't get why these things are so beloved you know what i'll stick with the beastmaster and conan movies thank you very much not a fan of uh, Two Towers and what's the third one? Return of the King or whatever. Two and three, I'm, I'm not a fan of. I I did enjoy the first one and I I've thought about why and I think it's just because I'm I might be in love with Sean Bean. Like seriously, I think that might be the only fucking reason. If you really love Sean Bean, you'd you'd end up killing him. It just would happen. And he always dies really gloriously too. And his death scene is uh, is no exception in uh, Lord of the Rings because he's taking like millions of arrows and still like you know kicking orc ass and it's just it's so awesome i think it i i like the first one because just not even for my love for sean bean which he's always been one of my favorite actors and i've always found him extremely charismatic his character is by far the most interesting out of that whole group he's flawed in an interesting way and he's he really gets taken by by the ring and his his greed almost like overwhelms him and uh 
you know, he's trying to live up to his family name and all this stuff, you know, but in the end, he, he, he has the, this great arc and he, you know, sacrifices himself for the, for the sake of the group. And I thought that was really cool. And then the second and the third one just didn't have characters like that. Like it might just be because I like Boromir slash Sean Bean's portrayal of the characters so much in the first one that just two and three didn't have any of that for me. Like I, I found like oh, they're, all the rest of the movies are is, is just like Mr. Frodo, Sam, just shut up, stupid hobbits. I like them. Well, you know, whatever. Of course you do. <laughs> they're really, you know, they're, uh, and uh, I mean, I grew up playing D&D, and this was big budget filmic adaptation of Lord of the Rings, you know, one of the biggest uh, influences over uh, the whole pen and paper fi- uh, fantasy thing. And uh, yeah. it was, it was just, it was neat. You know, they're, they're, uh, I don't, I mean, they're, they are long, but uh, I don't <clears throat> think that they're overlong. I think, uh, I mean, Two Towers does get a little bit, you know, drags a little in the middle. Overall, I literally, I in the theater, I literally almost fell asleep during Two Towers. The friend <laughs> I was with actually had to wake me up a couple of times because I was so bored. I don't hate them as much as uh, uh, as much as Josh does. I do think they're incredibly well-made movies. Like, they're beautiful to look at, and I really got to commend Peter Jackson, you know, going from making movies like Brain Dead in the 80s and, and rising up in managing to make this uh trilogy making a franchise that's as beloved as star wars like it's pretty much this generation's star wars trilogy it's got just as big of a fan base and it's very i can see the magic in it i can i understand why why people like it like it's not one of those movies where i don't get it like i i do really get why people like them and i do think they have a, a magic to them i just i just didn't find two and three quite as compelling as the first one there are many more we could talk about, but I just wanted to look at just like some of these movies that we don't understand. And we didn't even hit on any of the classics. Like, I don't get Casablanca or On the Waterfront or any of these kind of movies. I don't get the love poured over certain movies. I don't know if it's just our disconnect or if it's just we didn't like these movies. Like, Personal taste. You know, I, as I said at the beginning, if you guys like these films that, that we didn't like, that's not a bad thing. Continue to like them. Our opinion shouldn't shape yours. We just didn't like them. I mean, Cecil's always wrong, but other Shut than up. that... Uh, somebody always is going to end up bitching, I'm sure. Peter, where can people find you if they wish to tell you that you're wrong? You can come and just tell me off on uh, YouTube, Cinemasochist, and Twitter, the Cinemasochist Facebook, Cinemasochist, uh, but Twitter at Cinematica, GrindhouseChannel.com, and on uh, 1201beyond.com. Just uh, if you don't agree with me, I don't, I don't really care. I probably won't respond. Cecil? Cecil will respond because he takes everything to heart. I A little too much. Oh, and I just want to throw <laughs> this out there real quick because we didn't because didn't get into it. High Fidelity is one of the worst movies ever made. Thank you. I hate that movie so much. So much pretension. Uh, records are better. Shut up. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, well, I believe me. I could, I could. I'm surprised that didn't come to mind. I must have blocked it out. Everything in that movie, I hate. Uh, what I don't hate is, uh, you can find me at, uh, the, at, uh, escapistmagazine.com, goodbadflicks.com, YouTube, goodbadflicks, uh, as well as Facebook, goodbadflicks, and Twitter, I am good, at goodbadflicks. Uh, and not, not Instagram. Instagram, I have given up trying to get fake me off of Instagram. And you can find me at 1201beyond.com and contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, make sure your opinions are your own. Like what you like, dislike what you dislike. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have a rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And in 30 seconds' time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. I took her to a supermarket. 
I don't know why, but I had to start it somewhere. So it started there. I said, pretend you've got no money. She just laughed and said, oh, you're so funny. I said, yeah? Well, I can't see anyone else smiling in here. Are you sure? You want to live like common people? You want to see whatever common people see? You want to sleep with common people? You want to sleep with common people like me? But she didn't understand. She just smiled and held my hand. Ran to fly to barber shop. Cut your hair and get a job. Smoke some flags and play some pool. Pretend you never went to school. But still you never get it right. When you're lying in bed at night. Watching roaches climb the wall. If you called your dad, he could stop it all here. You'll never live like common people. You'll never do whatever common people do. You'll never fail like common people. You'll never watch your life slide out of you and dance and drink and screw. Because there's nothing, Cause there's else, nothing to do. else to do. Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.